You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. My name is Amy Johnson, and I will uh, I'll be your host for the next hour here on episode 158 of the Canadians Connection podcast. And of course, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, who is the editor in chief, the founder and the president of Rocket Sports. And that would be Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? Are you in the gravy yet? Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> you're, you're an honorary Canadian, so happy Thanksgiving. I happy like Thanksgiving I, to, to yeah. everybody out there. Happy Thanksgiving. I feel like I need to have, if I'm going to be an honorary Canadian, then I maybe I need to have some honorary turkey on Monday or something. Honorary turkey and gravy and mm. pie and all the Ooh. all the fixings. Mashed taties. Mm-hmm. Mm. And gravy. Did I mention gravy? <laughs> <laughs> You've been known to uh, be a gravy advocate. Yes, uh, very much so. <laughs> well, happy Thanksgiving to you and to uh, to all Canadians listening. It's a great weekend. It is, and it's a it's a it's a busy weekend. We've mm. already had a press conference press conferences this morning mm-hmm. uh, with some news, and we'll include that in our roster updates. Um, and listen, the season's right around the corner, <laughs> literally. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It is, and so we're gonna we're gonna get you. Today is the day to really get you ready for what's coming uh, once the puck drops on the regular season next week. We're gonna uh, bring you some highlights from the week in terms of the Canadians' preseason action. Get you all up to date on uh, injuries and contract signings and roster updates, roster moves, all that kind of good stuff. Um, Bring you a bit of a prospect report because uh, Laval got their training camp started this week as well. Um, and uh, talk a bit about, um, you know, as as this roster is starting to take shape for Ducharme, we have to talk about some some key missing pieces like Shea Weber and what's happening on the back end uh, for the roster uh, in terms of training camp. Uh, and then uh, bring you some news and notes from around the NHL, which uh, has a, a really interesting piece in there about the Montreal Canadiens in a 
different kind of manner that (laughs) I can't wait to get to that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then in our second segment, of course, uh, we always talk about our big topic in segment two, and uh, it would be none other than Carey Price this week uh, with his big news uh, and his what we hope will be a temporary absence to start of the season uh, coming out this week. So we'll talk, uh, we'll go in depth about, about Carrie Price's news, the repercussions of that, the reaction to that uh, in our second segment. And then finally in the third segment, we'll uh, catch you up to date on all of the latest content that you may have missed, give you uh, our thoughts on the Toronto Maple Leaf series that uh, came out on Amazon prime last week. And there's a Canadian's connection there. There is. And uh, also get you ready for what's ahead this week, because there's some good things coming up. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a busy show. As Very you say. much. Uh, also want to remind you that, of course, this is an interactive podcast. You can text us anytime at the Rocket Sports text line, which is 5853-ROCKET. And of course, we want you to... Follow along uh, with our podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Habs Connection. Visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. We love to hear from you. So uh, be sure to drop us a line. Be sure you're following. Be sure you're subscribed in all of the appropriate places. And that way you won't ever miss an episode of the Canadians Connection. So I guess we will get started with uh, the final three, Rick, preseason games uh, that uh, the, the Canadians embarked on this past week uh they played last saturday in montreal uh managed to win that one against the ottawa senators shut them down with a two to one victory uh a pretty close affair there uh at the bell center uh, that was followed up by, by another matchup against the Toronto maple leafs that did not fare so well uh toronto uh of course montreal spent way too much time in their own zone Toronto took advantage of that, uh, beating Montreal 6-2. to two. This was the debut for Sam Montembeau, uh, which, of course, wasn't... Uh, the defense looked pretty leaky in front of him. It uh, wasn't, uh, wasn't a great uh, way for him to start, but it was his initiation into, into the Habs team. And then they closed out the preseason with a game back in the Bell Center uh, against the Ottawa Senators, and that one was all over the place. It certainly gave uh, fans at the Bell Center... Uh, it's something to to get pretty excited about. It went back and forth a lot, but ultimately the Senators beat Montreal five to four in a shootout uh, that night. So with a, a UL Armia with a with a late um, or was it Jeff Petrie with a late uh, late goal uh, in regulation forced it to overtime, and then Ottawa coming up big in the shootout. So Rick, the Canadians went two three and one in the preseason. Four losses in six games not uh, doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. <laughs> no. the, the the difficulty um, in in every game except oh, that game uh, a week ago where they shut down uh, the Senators. They played uh, well defensively. In all the other games, uh, they didn't play well defensively. Uh, they they were dominated possession wise five on five. Uh, in every other game, uh, and uh, and and uh, they they use the special teams to keep in the games, or or in fact won one of the games. But um, yeah, it was it was uh, they, they had problems on on defense, and and when I say defense, I, I'm 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 including forwards and everybody. They mm. didn't play good defensive hockey in their own zone. They they had trouble clearing, as um, Desharm said, spent too much time in. 
their own zone. And um, to, to be frank, they didn't get great goaltending. Uh, Jake Allen didn't look great. Uh, Caden Primo looked shaky throughout. Uh, Sam uh, Montembeau, he started well. He looked sharp uh, in in uh, his start mm-hmm. and then faded a bit and, and uh, let in a couple of softies. But uh, according to Ducharme, um, but uh, it, it was it was uh, not necessarily a problem of of scoring. Uh, it was a problem of defending, uh, and and Dominic Ducharme uh, referred to that in his uh, presser uh, this morning about what they have to do, what they have to focus on. They've they've uh, they're practicing three days of practice before uh, the season opener, and the kinds of things that uh, that that he thinks uh, are, are, are an imperative for them to, to get right before the opening of the season. Well, he made sure to know, to, to tell everyone in the media today that uh, he had a sit down with the entire team and told everyone, forwards and defense, that they all have to step it up. Um, but also then went on to say that he doesn't know one guy who, it, not, not just on this roster, like across all of hockey, he doesn't know one guy who was born good defensively. As he says, so um, yeah, I, I guess the, you're the, all screwed. The, the point he was trying to make, I guess, is is having to work at it, having having the will, having the it, it, the. It's a will, commitment, structure, engagement. Yeah, his 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 explanation is a little convoluted, but yeah. I, that was his his emphasis, I think. Absolutely. So we will see. Uh, we're going to talk about the defense here in a little while, and uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of work I think that needs to go on there. Um, But first, let us talk a little bit about the roster. Um, And as we alluded to uh, on the show rundown here, we are going to talk about this more in depth in the second segment. But uh, just want to at least get out of the way the statement that did come out on Thursday uh, saying, quote, the NHL and NHLPA announced on Thursday that goalie Carey Price of the Montreal Canadiens will be away from the team while voluntarily taking part in the NHL, NHLPA player assistance program. Um, we know that means that he's out a minimum of 30 days. Uh, and uh, we're going to we're gonna look at all the angles of, of how the team reacted, how the GM reacted, how the hockey community has reacted, and what that means for the Canadians to start the season. Um, in addition to that, um, so as I said, we know that Carey Price is going to be out for at least 30 days, but there is still a, a laundry list of injuries uh, to deal with to start the season as well. Cedric Paquette is still day-to-day. Ducharme says that he is likely to begin skating with the team on Monday. Uh, Matthias Norlander is a big question mark. Uh, when asked today, Ducharme said that he's still not really sure as to a timeline as to when Norlander can start skating again. Uh, however, Hoffman, who is still listed as day-to-day, could be about 10 days away from from returning to practice with the team. Uh, Joel Edmondson, probably another week or so after that. Uh, and, and Ducharme did say that despite those are the Right now, looking like the timelines for for those three guys, um, Paquette, Hoffman, and Edmondson, to start practicing with the team again, there's no definitive timeline on when it means they will play a game for any of them. Yeah, I think that's really important that uh, just because Paquette is is 
uh, playing or uh, practicing on Monday doesn't mean he's going to be playing on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Descharmes said, you know, um, are they in game shape? Do they have the conditioning? Um, do they have, uh, can they fit? Can, do they have the chemistry? So all of those timelines are when the players will be be skating at practice with the team, not when they'll be returning to the lineup. That's right. And of course, uh, we know Paul Byron is out until the end of the calendar year, most likely, and Shea Weber uh, not playing for the season. So still a lot of injuries to be concerned about. However, uh, we have seen some players return to the lineup. Cole Caulfield uh, got back in the lineup after recovering from from his minor shoulder injury. Uh, He was back in the lineup for that final preseason game. Had a couple of good looks, uh, but but nothing got nothing really going there for him. But he is back in the lineup. Sammy Niku practiced today without a non-contact jersey. So, uh, and and <laughs> Rick, I I liked that. Um, you know, he says obviously the plan wasn't for him to play just one period of hockey during training camp, and so now he's got to work hard and just show that he deserves a spot. But um, <laughs> when asked about the importance of playing hockey games. You had a rather good response, don't you think? Yep. That's why <laughs> that's why we play hockey, to play the games. Yeah. <laughs> why would you ask such a silly question? That's the whole reason we play hockey is to play games. Of course, he's coming back from uh, from concussion s- symptoms, uh, just playing five minutes in, in his only preseason action, uh, but back at practice, as you said. Absolutely. The other one who was back at practice today was Jonathan Drouin. Uh He was a late scratch from Thursday's final preseason game. Um Suddenly, Arturi Lekkanen uh, was was tossed into that game. He wasn't scheduled to play that night. Um, and the reason given from the Canadians was that it was a, quote, non-COVID-related illness. Um, Rick, we talked about it briefly that, A, it was odd that they used that terminology um, because that was the same terminology they used to describe uh, Carrie's absence from uh, earlier in the week. But, B, no one then uh, in the postgame presser felt the need to ask for more clarification and i thought that we were supposed to be going into a season of better transparency so i find that a little odd that no one asked what druan's non-covid related illness was but he was back on the ice today pulled at the last minute uh, for thursday's game as you said lekanen went in and lekanen made a, an immediate impact 10 seconds yeah, in great setup for uh, josh anderson who was flying scored the first goal within 10 seconds of the uh puck drop uh that non-covid illness explanation uh, alarm bells sirens uh, everything go off because uh not only was uh, that phrase used for carrie price and we know how that turned out um but it was also used for jonathan duran back in april mm-hmm. uh when then he he uh, took a leave from the team so uh got a you know uh, eyebrow was raised uh but then back at practice this morning absolutely i, I think that because of uh, unfortunately the two times that they've used that phrase the the result that's come from it i think they need to be careful when they use that phrase and perhaps need to be provide a little more clarification um you know in the past it's not been difficult for them to say oh he's got a stomach flu or something like that you know but we'll see um, other roster news to note out of uh, the press conference today: Yessi Yalonen has been cut and has been and will be reporting to the Laval Rocket. Um, 
I can't say that this is a surprise. I think Yelonen's close, but I think he needs a little more seasoning uh, down in the AHL. I expect him to be a pretty early call-up, though. And, of course, his training camp was cut short. Um, it took him a while to get going and, and actually played pretty well mm-hmm. um, uh, in the games that he was in. But, but yeah, he... he uh, he uh, needs to get back, and and it was uh, it was an easy cut to make uh, with him not being subject to waivers. Absolutely. Uh, now the remainder of the cuts, because Ducharme still has to get his roster whittled down to what it's going to be on opening night, and he said multiple times today that they have a pretty good idea of what that roster is going to be, but they are not due to submit that roster to the league until Monday, and so the rest of the cuts will not be announced until Monday, according to Dom Ducharme. Uh, Samuel Montembeau, uh, I should say Sam Montembeau, because he did make it clear today that um, when asked, John Lou asked him, do you prefer Sam or Samuel? And he said, well, Sam's fine. I think it sounds better in English, which... <laughs> Which was uh, let's let's all remember that. I mean, he, I mean, he he added the throwaway. I mean, it doesn't matter. I think he was trying to be nice, saying it doesn't matter either way. But but his first instinct was to say Sam, um, and he's still around. And he's uh, Rick. He's confident, um, and I think he's obviously gotten a message that he is probably going to be Jake Allen's backup. Yeah, he he said that um, uh, whether he he let it slip uh, or 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 what the issue was there, but he said that uh, he's he's looking forward to uh, being uh, in the Bell Center uh, for the home opener. Uh, uh, so that that kind of says that uh, he'll be uh, Jake Allen's backup uh, instead of Caden Primo, and and um, you know that that makes sense. Uh, and, uh, certainly, um, we're going to talk about, uh, Stefan Waite, uh, a little bit later with respect to Carey Price, but, um, Stefan Waite said that this, this is good for, for Sam Montembeau. Uh, he said that it's a goalie he's all, always, uh, liked, uh, they just got a little bit of experience in the NHL, 25 games uh, about 100 games in the AHL, just 24 uh, years old. He said this is this is showing that that um, the acquisition is that they weren't necessarily happy with everybody in camp. Um, and and it, it he said that uh, you know Sam Montembeau's uh, was considered at one time the goalie of the future for. Um, the Florida Panthers that changed with the arrival of Spencer Knight. Uh, they would have liked to keep him in the organization, but because of the the uh, waiver rules and whatnot, uh, Montreal was was uh, um, uh, pleased to pick him up. Um, but but the point again that Stefan Waite made was this is going to be good for Caden Primo because Caden Primo um, is is not yet where he needs to be. He needs. Lots and lots of of AHL games, mm-hmm. and Wait would prefer, uh, you know, a hundred to one hundred and fifty games of experience in the AHL. And given what we saw, and uh, I, I think it, it was clear to everybody, journalists mentioned it, uh, Dan Robertson mentioned it, mm-hmm. it, it hasn't been a good um, training camp for Caden Primo. Uh, so get him uh, to Laval and and let him uh, uh, get his confidence, uh, get experience. Uh, get lots of game action there. That's that's right. And that's not something new. Uh, if you recall, when he was called up for NHL action uh, towards the end of last regular season, 
Uh, things didn't go go well for him in his NHL uh, games uh, that he played for the Canadians last year either. So it, it really it, it would behoove the organization and Caden Primo to spend a good deal of time in the AHL and just work out all the kinks. Um, the other player who is still sticking around is one young Caden Gooley uh, back there on the blue line. Um, he is... Uh, we're going to talk we're actually going to talk a little bit more about him in terms of of the the entire look of the defense uh here in just a little bit but just he's still there he says that he's a it's it's a little surprising for him uh that he's still there but a pleasant surprise he says he's just going to do his best to stay as long as he can he's got a great attitude rick um and really taught it takes ownership of the team like this morning he was talking about we have plenty of time to fix the things and we have plenty of time to yeah. get better um you know he really considers himself part of this group absolutely and 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 yes i think he's proud of the fact that uh uh he's still uh in camp uh remember all of the buzz uh prior to training camp was about Mat- matthias norlander mm-hmm. matthias norlander uh injured but uh, even if they had been, uh, Caden Gooley has has outplayed um, uh, Norlander in in the games that they've played, For and, sure. and 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 uh, he's he's looked pretty good. Uh, so credit to to uh, uh, Gooley and and uh, and uh, both his play on the ice and as you said his attitude. Moving along, uh, Alf, that those are that's kind of the summation of all of the roster updates um and and just to say there's oh, there's just under uh 30 um players depending on how you count the injuries right. and, and whatnot players in in camp and and they of course have to submit the 23 man r- roster as of monday um not to say that that 23 man roster is going to be the same for for wednesday their changes can be made but they have to be cap compliant by uh, end of business day on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, there are some, Dominic Ducharme said there are some cap considerations, how that's going to work out. They were waiting for some news from the league as far as how LTIRs would be handled. Uh, there's a couple of options, whether you put somebody on a on a preseason LTIR or a regular season LTIR. So those things are are left to be uh, determined. Um, you know, with the, the forwards, uh, there's decisions to be made yet on on Belzeal and Paling um, on defense. It's it's Niku and and Guli, um, and and I think we know the decision with respect to the goaltenders, with respect to uh, Primo and Montembo. Montembo staying, Primo likely back to Laval. Uh, but those are the kinds of things that we'll uh, find out for sure on Monday. Absolutely. So. Uh We'll all be definitely watching very closely to see how to see how that works out. Um, interesting tidbit uh, that happened on Thursday, just as Mark Bergevin uh, was about to meet with the media to to discuss Carey Price's uh, the the announcement of of his absence. Um, Paul Wilson started the press conference by reading by making a statement and reading a statement, basically talking about how um, because of how the golf tournament had to go this year with, with the uh, active members of the organization, not permitted to be there uh, that Jeff Molson and Mark Bergevin did not do a press conference at that time, like they normally do. Um, and furthered that and said, you know, the, the, 
Mark is going to be here today to talk about your hockey-related questions. Uh, Because he's going to answer those questions, Jeff Molson will not be speaking to the media at any time soon. Uh, And also to answer the questions that are running around about Bergevin's contract. Uh, He's still on contract through the end of this year, and his contract will be discussed at the end of the season. It was very kind of preemptive. <laughs> yeah, and he was um, he was reading a statement, a prepared statement uh, that that there was no update on the on the Bergevin file uh, that they wouldn't uh, wouldn't be discussing it till the end of the season and that Molson would be not making uh, would not be uh, available uh, to the media anytime soon. Um, all of that and and um, not only was the statement curious, the timing was curious because once again, this happened this has happened a couple of times over the summer that uh, they slide in this news knowing that there's uh, just before m- massive news, uh, you know, Canadians earth-shaking news coming. Um, it, it, it was it, the, the timing was bizarre. Um, and you know, most of the, the commentary, the, 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 the reporters afterwards say that, uh, we're likely heading into the final year, um, of, um, Mark Bergevin's tenure as general manager of the mm-hmm. Montreal Canadiens, uh, because of the way that it, this is all happening. Mark Bergevin apparently has set his price and, uh, Jeff Molson is, uh, uh, not excited about it is not <laughs> jumping on board. Uh, so we'll see what happens over the, well, we won't see what happens over the course of the season until the end of the season. Unless maybe if things go terribly wrong, who knows, <laughs> but, but well. yes, we'll see at the end of the season. Um, in, in happier news, a, a, a contract that was signed, however, uh, was I think tremendous news uh, all around, and I couldn't be more excited to hear when I heard that Jake Evans was signed to a three-year contract extension uh, with a $1.7 million average annual value. Um, I think this is a, a tremendous uh, vote of confidence for Jake Evans. He has, he's, you know, this organization, and particularly when he played for Joel Bouchard, Joel Bouchard used to talk about adversity all the time. Well, Jake Evans has faced a lot of adversity in his young professional hockey career, and he's come through it really well. He's grown into the role he's now playing. And when asked about uh, his uh, getting this contract before the, the regular season had even started, he was pretty excited in his reply. I mean, yeah, like, like last week, I mean, I was going into the season planning on betting on myself again. And um, I just think when that offer comes up, I think, you know what, no matter what, it's a lot of money. And um, I wouldn't have expected this a few years ago even. So, um, and you know what, I just love this city. I love playing here. I've had so much fun these past few years. And um, the teammates have been, you know, I've been growing so close to them. They're like brothers now. So when that offer came up, there was no doubt in my mind that I wanted to get it done. And um, it is a huge relief to have it in place and um you know know where i can be for the future he's so humble he's he he's uh appreciative uh loves being with the team loves playing in the city um he uh and and as you said has overcome uh adversity uh he's he's had trouble with concussions um he's it, it's kind of scary in 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 the exhibition season that uh he took a couple of hits as well 
Um, but he's come through that and, uh, and yeah, wanted to get this done. So, uh, a real vote of confidence by the Montreal Canadians committing to him for three years and, uh, and, and their expectations obviously are high, uh, of where he's going to take this. Congratulations to Jake Evans. Uh, he's worked hard and he's definitely earned it. We're, we're very pleased for him. Um, and, you know, Jake Evans has been cover- someone that this organization has been covering since he was a very young prospect. So I think it's the perfect time to uh, take a look at Habs Prospects with a Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Uh, the Laval Rocket has kicked off their training camp. It started uh, at the beginning of this week, and they play just two preseason games uh, before their regular season begins next Friday. Uh, both of their games for the preseason are being played in Belleville at the CAA Arena. Uh, the first one actually took place last night. They faced off against the Belleville Senators uh, and lost in that game 5-3. to three. Um, The goal scorers in that game were Corey Schooneman on the power play, uh, as well as Jake Lucchini and Lucas Vedemo. But uh, Laval not able to come up with a win last night. Kevin Poulin was in net uh, for that one. Um, they play their second and final preseason game later on t- uh, today, actually, uh, where they'll still be playing in Belleville, but they'll be facing off against the Toronto Marlies instead. Uh, Michael McNiven uh, allegedly set to uh, start in net for Laval. So uh, it's it's getting to be that time. (laughs) Not only are the Habs gearing up for their regular season, but Laval is gearing up as well. to get ready for all of that, of course, make sure that you're following at the AHL report on Twitter. That's where we will have, of course, uh, live game updates for the Laval Rocket, as well as player profiles, uh, game recaps, those types of things. And also uh, the Press Zone, which is our sister podcast hosted by Rick and myself that focuses on the prospects of the Montreal Canadiens organization. And Rick, we had a great show uh, this past Tuesday, in case anyone missed it, with a very special guest. One of our favorite guests. Oh, they're all our favorite they guests. <laughs> Dan Robertson is, uh, we had a great conversation with Dan. Dan's back on the cha- uh, charter, the mm-hmm. Canadian's charter with Sergio Mameso. And uh, so he brought lots of insight uh, to Canadian's training camp. And, and you'll, you'll want to find that, that episode of the Presso Montreal uh, to listen to Dan's comments. Absolutely. If you head over to thepresszone.fm, uh, you will see it right there. It's going to be right there at the top of the list uh, with Dan Robertson's name on it. Do check that out. Uh, Dan gave some great insight on what's happening at training camp for the Canadians uh, and what the season outlook looks like uh, going into this regular season. So be sure you bookmark ahlreport.com. Uh, listen and subscribe to the Press Zone Montreal. We don't want you to miss any of it. And uh, we'll be will be your source for Canadians prospects all season long. Um, I know one of those prospects that we were just talking about, we said we were going to get back to, and that's Caden Gooley, uh, which which brings us basically to the defense for the Canadians uh, as it is shaping up here as as the days of training camp are dwindling down, Rick. And and really, we're seeing 
we always we knew that as soon as it came out that Shea Weber was likely not going to play this season, that that it was going to have a big effect on the back end of the Montreal Canadiens. But I think we're now seeing that this impact is going to be bigger than perhaps anyone even could speculate when the news first came out because of all of the additional injuries that are taking place and all of the the shuffling around that's going on. So really, how does his absence as it stands right now, affect the Canadians' defense? And and is there strength there, or is it going to be a targeted weakness on this team? With Shea Weber out, um, you're, you're taking more than one player out. You're taking more than, than the Canadians' best defenseman and captain and leader out of the lineup. Um, there's what he provided on the back end, uh, defense being... being Difficult for forwards to play against, being mean, being tough, being physical, uh, clearing the front of the net. There's also on the offensive side, his shot. Uh, there's nobody who who can replace that. Um, but in addition to all of that, um, Shea Weber's presence, uh, he provided cover. Uh, he provided cover for his defense partner. Uh, ben Ben Sherrod. Ben Sherrod was a better player uh, and has shown to be a better player playing with uh, Shea Weber than he can be on his own. And we've seen that in in the preseason. We saw that before uh, Ben Sherrod came to to Montreal, and we've seen that in the preseason that it isn't the the same Ben Sherrod um, without Shea Weber. We've also seen that that Shea Weber provided cover for Jeff Petrie. Uh, Jeff Petrie to do the the kinds of things that Jeff Petrie is good at, moving the puck, uh, being involved in the offense. Uh, Jeff Petrie is not a physical presence. And when Jeff Petrie has to be the guy, and when he's had to be the guy in the past with Shea Weber out of the lineup, he's not been, he's not been as uh, the, the, the Jeff Petrie he's able to be with um, uh, Shea Weber taking the big minutes and providing the cover. Um, so this is a big hole in the lineup. Uh, this is this is a, a a massive hole in the lineup, and we've seen through the the uh, preseason that uh, uh, and and let's also factor into uh, the situation the injury with that the prolonged injury, the ongoing injury with Joel Edmondson that uh, Dom Ducharme has has been shuffling the defense pairs, looking for some chemistry, looking for um, a way of, of dealing with, with that, uh, that, the hole left behind, uh, David Savard was, it was, uh, thought that we've heard it from Bergevin, from Ducharme that, uh, is thought that, that Savard could take some of those minutes. And I guess out of all the defensemen, Savard has had the toughest time, mm-hmm. um, and he's admitted that, and and he has admitted. I mean, the other night against Ottawa, the Canadians I think had twenty uh, giveaways. Uh, David Savard had eight of them. Um, he's he's uh, said that he's uh, it, he's he's struggling to learn the new system, uh, playing differently than he's uh, than uh, he did in Tampa or in Columbus, um, and he hasn't yet found his footing uh, yet with the Canadians. So. Uh, and, and the other part of it that in Tampa he was uh, playing third pairing minutes with uh, Sergachev and and he had a pretty sheltered role there. Mm-hmm. He's going to be expected to do more in in Montreal. 
Um, so we've we've seen uh, a lot of shuffling going around going on as as well, um, trying to get a sense of of Norlander and pairing Norlander with. Uh, uh, with Sherrod at time when when Norlander wasn't injured, uh, pairing uh, Gooley with with Savard, trying to get the young guys some um, uh, pairing uh, Romanov with Petrie and and trying to get the young guys some uh, experience to play alongside and and so uh, one of the kind of thought exercises we did uh, with our team on Slack with the Rocket Sports team. Uh, we looked at Thursday's lineup, and and that lineup had Romanov on the top pairing, with Jeff Petrie, had Sherratt with Savard, and had Kulak and Weidman as the third pairing. And um, in that game, uh, right off the top, uh, Romanov looked great, two assists on on the first two goals, and then he struggled after that. Jeff Petrie involved, uh, then he struggled, um, and and Kalen. Gu- Caden Gooley, who didn't play in that game, um, I, I, I just I, I posed a provocative question to our team, saying, assuming that that Edmondson was not available for the start of the series, and he's not going to be, Caden uh, Gooley is a better top 4D option than Alexander Romanov. Changed my mind. Uh, it convinced me uh, that that Romanov should be in above uh, above Caden Gooley um, in that top four. And we had some really interesting responses from uh, from our, our group. Uh, I thought, mm-hmm. um, and uh, um, Mike Rashall said, you know, he can't, he he couldn't challenge that that statement. Uh, Romanov um, has more offense to his game, obviously, than than Gouli, uh, but he needs the perfect pair, the perfect partner, is what Mike said. Uh, there's there's so much risk with putting him in the top four. Uh, Gooley is much better in his own end, even at this point, uh, can't contribute to uh, the offense, um, but um, he can be kind of compared with, or paired with anyone, and doesn't have to change his game. Um, uh, Brian Clark said, uh, you know, uh, that uh, um, he has trouble thinking about uh, 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 putting a, a brand new, fresh face in the top four, uh, but but recognize Romanov's uh, struggles there too. Uh, but but he has some uh, NHL exposure, as as limited as it is. Uh, so what do we get in practice this morning? Well, uh, I think <laughs> I think that the coach kind of agreed with all of us. Uh, we're not putting either of them in the top four. No. Um, Romanov was was bumped to the to the third pairing with uh, Chris Weideman. and Brett Kulak uh, was reunited with his old uh, uh. defense pair in Jeff Petrie, and and that had um, I mean yeah. f- fans reminisce about that like it it actually worked and it, it worked for a time, but remember. It worked on the second pairing. Now Jeff Petrie is a top pairing. Is Brett Kulak no. your left defenseman on the top pairing? Well, it was at least this morning in practice. I that makes me nervous. <laughs> it makes it is a far, far cry from Shea Weber. Let me tell you. Um, I understand that Ducharme's got to got to take a look at shuffling pairings around right now to see at least to start the season, what could click and what isn't going to click. So I, I get the shuffling. Hopefully maybe today was just a, a, a once and done. Uh, we'll have to see. Um, in terms of, of 
this question that you posed to the team and and in terms of Caden Gooley, um, I agree, you know, frankly, the defense collectively has not looked good for the Canadians for the entire preseason. So Romanoff's struggles are not necessarily, and I'm not saying that you that you said this, I'm saying in, just in general, I'm not as concerned about Romanoff's struggles on an individual player basis because it seems to be a collective with the entire defense. Um, and, and yes, he he did have those two assists. He does, I agree with, with Mike Raschel, he's got uh, some offensive upside that perhaps Caden Gooley doesn't. Um, but I do think that Romanoff, again, I, I hearken back to the let's not do too much too soon with him. Um, this was a kid that was benched for the entire playoffs um, last uh, at the end of last season. I think there needs to be time for him to get into a rhythm, get into a consistency with a, a, a solid um, bottom six, maybe even third pairing um, defensive partner and let him grow some confidence. Um Caden Gooley, on the other hand, uh, I, I'm not going to go so far as to saying top six. I'm going to say second pairing. I, I don't think he's deserving right now of being on the bottom pairing. I think you need to, uh, you know, I, I, I'd I, like to see him with a solid second pairing veteran. Um, and I think that that would be a place that he would be comfortable. I think he would step up to that challenge, at least to start the season, without it being too much pressure or too much of a spotlight. So I'm kind of I'm kind of straddling the fence on that one. So and and I think that that Dom Ducharme is um, is going to for the first several games, you know, play the whatever works game, uh, put this defense together with. Uh, Binding twine and tar, and 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 hope it can it can last until Joel Edmondson comes back, uh, and 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 he can then uh, be more confident in the pairings, and and in that way, uh, Caden Gooley could have uh, up to nine games, his his nine game audition before his ELC kicks in. Then return to Prince Albert uh, to have a, 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 a full season in, in the WHL, have his opportunity to go to the World Juniors, have an opportunity to, to be captain there, play uh, for Team Canada, win a gold medal. Um, and, uh, you know, Dominic Ducharme said uh, he would have to be playing extremely well to um, uh, to to keep him back from that experience that that's that kind of experience doesn't come around mm-hmm. uh, very often so um, I think that's kind of the plan and and I expect that uh, that we'll see a lot more uh, uh, combinations before uh, so. before it's all settled I I think that's uh, I think that's an astute observation I think we're gonna see a lot of movement there on the back end. Um, just want to bring you some news and notes from around the league. A uh, couple of interesting things from this week. Um, we started to see different national teams announcing their first three uh, players who have been submitted to the IIHF uh, for the 2022 Winter Olympics. Um, this is an interesting thing that the that the Olympic Committee is, is requiring every nation's uh, men's hockey team to submit three guaranteed players that will be on their roster by like the middle of this month. 
Um, and so they're rolling them out with these big announcements like, okay, Team Latvia says, I mean, it's, um, so it's, it's great. It's exciting, but it's also a little, it's just weird. A little it, bit. It's, <laughs> it's odd. Um, there are, are 12 countries who are going to be competing in hockey in the 2022 Olympic Games starting uh, early February, uh, February 9th. And um, for Canada, in case you were wondering, in case uh, there was any kind of question in your mind, Connor McDavid is going to be there. Sidney Crosby (laughs) is going to be there. Alex Petrangelo is going to be there. Uh, Those are the three players that Canada announced for the United States. well, not much surprise either. Patrick Kane, Austin Matthews, and Seth Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl will be there for Germany. Ovechkin, Kucherov, and Vasilevsky will be there for Russia. Uh, Pasternak for the Czech Republic. Nikolai Ehlers for Denmark. Uh, Alexander Barkov, uh, just signing a big contract from Florida, will be there for Finland. Gabriel Landeskog uh, for Sweden, uh, Eric Chernak from Tampa uh, for Slovakia, and for Latvia, you mentioned Latvia, Zemgis Gergensen from the Buffalo Sabres. Really? Mm-hmm. Say that three times really fast. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, of course, we'll all wait to see how the rest of the rosters kind of round out, but uh, already starting to get an early look. I mean, it's only, when when you think about it, it's only like five months away, so... It's getting close. (laughs) It's getting close. Um, The other bit of news this week is actually kind of the icing on the cake of a few things that have had uh, some people with some raised eyebrows over the last few weeks. And this is all about the Canadians and what is turning out to be, I don't just like just a petty parade with the Carolina Hurricanes. I know we talked. It's odd. You can't call it a feud because a feud takes two two sides. sides. (laughs) It's only one side. And yeah, that's what I was. I was gonna. Yeah, it's just it's a petty parade on the Montreal side of things. It's quite obvious. No matter what uh, the mainstream media in Montreal or the Canadians themselves or whatever they want to say, they are obviously irked about the offer sheet and that the fact that. Yasperi Kakanyemi got yanked out from under their noses. Um, we talked about this just as a reminder a few weeks ago uh, that it came out. Tom Dundon did an interview, uh, and it in that interview, he made mention that he had reached out to Jeff Molson because someone said, you know, have, have you and Molson talked ever since the offer sheet happened a couple of weeks ago? And he said, well, I called. Tried. Mm-hmm. Didn't get an answer, and I haven't gotten a call back. So apparently, now we have no idea if Molson has has returned a call since then or if they have spoken. We don't know. That was a couple of weeks ago that, that Dundon did that interview. But at that time, probably I would say by mid-September, uh, Molson wasn't returning Dundon's calls, um, which is a little odd and, and, and a little like, okay, well, we're all supposed to be adults in the room in, in the ownership of hockey organizations, but okay, let's, let's move on. Well, now let's take that to, to the next level. Um, it is no secret that um, the Canadians have a couple of key journalists in the mainstream media in Montreal who they feed uh, information to and who also kind of act as their proxy out in the media. Mm-hmm. Um, Rena Lavoie is absolutely one of them. And Rena Lavoie tends to, if there is a player he either doesn't like 
or feels has wronged the organization, it's like he takes it upon his personal mission to not only trash that player as much as he can while that player is with Montreal, but then will make sure to go on the grand media tour after the player is moved and, and be sure to trash them all over other hockey markets as well. We saw him do this with Nikita Sherbak. Um, and now he's doing it with Jesperi Kakinemi. Rena Lavoie cannot get off the KK train when it comes to going on and doing interviews in the Carolina market um, and and not really in support of Jesperi. It's to, it's to downplay him as much as possible. I kind of equate in my mind when it comes to these kinds of things, it's, it's, he's like the, the journalism side of fans who still can't let go of the P.K. Subban trade. Uh, they will just hound it and hound it and hound it, even though it's not relevant anymore. And Rena Lavoie is doing that with KK. In fact, you don't believe me? Montreal fans, you should hear what Rena Lavoie is saying on Sirius XM Radio in the Carolina market about Jesperi Kotkaniemi. You know, Re- Jesperi Kotkaniemi, I'm hearing some of his teammates saying that he's going to be a star in this league. They, they should uh, be really careful right now with what they're saying. I think there's a lot of pressure on Jesperi, just what the uh, Hurricanes are doing with, uh, you know, the, the, the Twitter or the, the other social network like Instagram. Uh, why I'm saying that, it's not because Jesperi is not a good player. He is. But at one point, he needs to settle down. He's coming in a new franchise, a new coach. Rod Moore is one of the best in the league, but it's going to be different for him. And I feel like the way uh, they, they put him out there was, was like, the savior is coming home. He's not a savior, okay? He's going to help this team to be a good team, but I don't believe that uh, it's going to be a walk in the park for Jesperi. That being said, if you look at the, the Montreal Canadiens, Obviously, they're upset that they lost um, Jesperi, but it would have been impossible for them to get Christian Dvorak if Jesperi signed a, a two-year deal at maybe 2.5 or 3 million per. So I'm never uh, seeing Jesperi being able to, to really be consistent night after night. That's something that young players are struggling with, which is totally normal, but to, to, to put him out there saying that he's a star and to... to, to you know, he scored a goal the first game that he played. Good for him. We're all happy. But at the end of the day, it's a preseason game. He was playing versus an AHL team or close to. I mean, they, they should calm down a little bit because I don't like the way things are evolving right now with uh, what they're doing uh, uh, with social media. You calm down. <laughs> There's so much in don't here. Don't get me started. There is so much in here. And listen, um, I, I think it's it's important to 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 start with. This doesn't happen anywhere else. Uh, you know, we're involved, and we we hear other and 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 you have the example of a Christian Dvorak or or even a Jonathan Drouin where. Uh, the GM after after they trade uh, the player, they say nice things about him. Um, you know, Armstrong said lots of nice things about Dvorak. Um, uh, Eisman at the time said lots of thing nice things about, and and the Canadians never do that. Um, um, Mark Bergevin didn't have a good word to say about 
uh, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi when he traded him. And obviously, and, and yes, um, you know, there's that trade-off that as long as, as Renault Lavoie parrots what the Canadians uh, want him to say, and, and he wouldn't be saying this if he, he didn't have their uh, blessing, um, he gets access. He gets special access. We saw that he got special access to Jonathan Duran. Um, so he's angry. He's taking this personal. Uh, he's critical. He's sarcastic uh, throughout this. Um, and, and he's critical of, 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 uh, the teammates, uh, Cocky and Emmy's teammates calling him a star. He's not a star. Uh, he's not a savior, um, critical of the fan base, critical of the social media, um, uh, in, in Carolina. When, when Max Domi came, uh, what did the social media, the Canadians do made him a star? Jonathan Drouin was, had photo shoots all around the city with the Champlain or the, uh, Jack Cartier bridge in the background. I mean, he was treated as the savior as, and would they have appreciated if someone from Tampa came on the radio in Montreal and said, Jonathan Drouin is, is, uh, is going to be a handful. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Uh, why does it bother uh, them so much? It's it's just bizarre. And then go to the pettiness that, well, you know, he he did score, but it was against uh, mostly AHL. Well, yeah, that, that's the preseason. That's how it works. That's what happened with Christian Dvorak as well. Um, you know, he he got a couple goals, but it was against a uh, an AHL line. I mean, it was un, it's it's completely unnecessary. Uh, for him to be so angry, to be so upset, to uh, go on a this this is a, a an NHL program. Steve Coolius on XM, uh, Sirius XM um, uh, Power Play, I think it's called. Um, to let this was the Montreal Canadiens report uh, that he was brought in to do as they went from team to team to team, and he talked all about. He got into to other things as well, but but primarily he talked about how upset he was with uh, uh, the 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 Carolina Hurricanes and their treatment of uh, Kakinyemi. It's I, I mean, as I said, I'm glad that you responded to this clip really before I did because just listening to it again and it, it just makes my blood boil. It, it, this is uncalled for. This is this is. Uh, this is not someone going on and being objective. This is, I mean, he he makes sure that he says the right things in some places. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. Kakanyemi is a good player, but there's always a qualifier. There's always a, a but or or there's times that he just makes these little unnecessary snarky jabs um, that just it, it's really not becoming, in my opinion. Um, he says, oh, but, you know, let's let's. You know, he's going to be coached by Rod Brindamore. He's going to have to settle down. This is going to be very different for him. Like that's a negative thing. I'm sorry, if you if you mean that different is going to be better, then yes. Um, I, I think it is going to be a better situation for him. He, he talks about, oh, well, if it were not for, of course, the Canadians are upset that they've lost him. But if it were not for that, then they would not have been able to 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 make the trade for Christian Dvorak. Well, that's completely 
irrelevant because they wouldn't have needed to trade for Christian Dvorak had Kakinemi not, not had not been picked up on an offer sheet. Um, so that's a complete just non-issue. It's just a non-factor. And and you want to talk, but he talks about how, um, you know, Kakinemi needs to work on his consistency. That was the biggest, uh, that was the biggest problem that Lavoie had with him last season. Well, maybe if Kakinemi had a consistent line set of line mates every night, then maybe he would have had some consistency in the stat column. The forward with the least consistent line mates all last season do not that's get a, me that's started on this again we're gonna get bad comments if i get started on this again and and it's well, just we welcome your comments we and, do. and listen uh, we have fans listening to this they're saying um you know who cares we hate the carolina we hate what he did we hate that you know all of that kind of stuff that's that's fine um but where's the where's the professionalism and we know i'm not gonna say which player it was but we know that renault lavoie called the president of an NHL uh, organization and told him, you're going to regret acquiring this player from Montreal. Yep. We know that that happened. And what business is it, is, is it of his? And, and why is he such an authority? But he isn't. He is just the... Uh, you know, he's he's the, the guy that's there to, to parrot the feelings of, of the Canadians. And obviously... This really upset uh, mm -hmm. Montreal, um, despite their protestations about uh, being happier with uh, Christian Dvorak. They're peeved about losing Kotkaniemi. Don't believe us yet? Well, you know, Frank Saravelli's doing the Lord's work over there at Daily Faceoff. Now that he's moved over there and he came out with some scathing rumors this week. Um You'll hear him in this clip kind of explain this, but essentially this is going to boil down to, you know, every every NHL team is supposed to, according to the CBA, is supposed to play six preseason games. Carolina only played four this year. And allegedly someone brought it to the attention of the league. And the rumor, it's not confirmed, but the rumor is that it's the Canadians that rang up the league and said, hey, Carolina Hurricanes only played four games this preseason that's not allowed um we have no idea if, if if there's an ounce of truth behind it but frank cerebelli is pretty tuned into these kinds of things in fact listen to it from his from him directly but the nhl was alerted that the carolina hurricanes only played four preseason games on their schedule this year the cba mandated minimum is six and there's no official confirmation but there's some thought out there that it's the Montreal Canadiens that had alerted the NHL to this sort of interesting wrinkle in Carolina's schedule. I think, you know, for whatever Carolina's sake was, they just assumed that that rule was gone because of the pandemic or whatever it was. And the league allows teams to make their own preseason schedule and set their own dates. So it's not part of the league schedule matrix. So no one would have caught it. There's no penalty, but I think, it's probably pretty fair to say that there's no love lost between these two teams. And honestly, like I can't wait to watch them meet on the ice, like what the environment's going to be like in both Carolina and Montreal. The, the tattling is just silly. I mean, come this is, on. this is uh, particularly there as, as Frank said, there's no penalties for this. No. Uh, and, and usually, uh, you know, everybody in, in b before the pandemic, everybody wanted to have their uh, preseason game 
in Montreal because they'd fill the building. And at that point you split the gate with, with the, the visiting team. Um, but if it costs you to put uh, on a preseason and, and we saw that, um, you know, there was, there was a lot of media uh, saying that they they weren't crazy about covering these games. A lot of the Montreal media is saying, gee, can't this be over? Gee, can't we have fewer games? Uh, and then, um, you know, uh, the, the Montreal Canadiens tattle on the, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes for doing just that, having fewer preseason games. It's just... Uh, I if, mean, that, if that if turns out true. to be true. Uh, and Frank, you and all the rest of us will not have long to wait to see what this very fresh... Uh, what seems to be vicious new rivalry is going to look like on the ice because Carolina comes to the Bell Center within the first two weeks of the season, uh, which means yes, Barry Kakanyemi returns to the Bell Center within the first two weeks of the regular season. So very, very shortly here, we are going to see these two teams face off against one another. And I can, I can't, I'll have popcorn ready that night. Let me tell you. And listen, where uh, I, I, I'm recalling some of the comments from a previous podcast where I say, you guys don't even sound like fans of the Montreal Canadiens. Well, we're not supposed to we're, be. We're not. We're objective and we're reporting and, and you be the fans. Uh, we'll give you the information and uh, and you react accordingly. That's right. Uh, we're not here promoting Carolina. We're not here promoting Montreal. Uh, um, you know, we, we follow the organization. We know the organization inside and out. Uh, but uh, we're, we're here to give you the information. And, and if you're upset, be upset, but don't be upset. At, well, go ahead. Be upset at us. We don't mind. We don't, we don't mind. We don't mind. We're big boys and girls. We can take it. Don't worry. Uh, we are actually going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection. Uh, we are going to, in our next segment, tackle our big topic, which is uh, Carey Price and his news this week and the, and the battle that he's got ahead of him and uh, the reaction within the locker room, the organization, and around the entire hockey community. So stay with us. You don't want to miss that. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down a dollar on any hockey game and win a hundred in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Amy Johnson. You can actually find me on Twitter if you've got a comment for me today. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And of course, with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Uh, follow him at All Habs on Twitter. And of course, as we mentioned at the top of the show, be sure to follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. And of course, just a reminder, make sure you subscribe. We know you're listening right now. So just take a look at your player or the app that you're listening to this uh, podcast in and just double check to make sure that you're subscribed. Hit that button. You don't want to miss a single solitary episode, especially now that the regular season is getting underway. And you know Habs fans. You have Habs fans friends. You have Habs fans on your social media. Share this podcast with them so that they can comment on it and so that they uh, also subscribe. And, uh, and, and you can discuss uh, whether you agree or disagree with them. Absolutely. Well, uh, this segment is completely dedicated to our big topic of the week. And there was no question as to what it would be this week. And that is Carey Price uh, and his news that came out uh, this week. Uh, We talked about it in the last segment, the statement coming out from the NHL and the NHLPA about him voluntarily entering uh, the Players Assistance Program. So we know, Rick, that uh, entering that program is a required 30 minimum, 30 day minimum. Uh, Ducharme, uh, or uh, sorry, Bergevin did confirm that in his press conference uh, on Thursday said that uh, he does believe that Kerry will be back. Uh, He said it's a minimum of 30 days. It could be longer. It's going to depend on on Kerry uh, at the end of that 30 days. So it's not that he's out for 30 days and then he'll be back. We we really don't know. It's a it's a question mark at this point. And I think that that's okay that it's a question mark at this point. But um, it's it's going to be a a little while. Um, And of course, The interesting thing was the timeline on how this happened on Thursday morning was first the Canadians uh, on their um, the the media account sent out a media notification and and actually sent a press release as well. Not a press release, but a press notification via email saying uh, media availability notification. Mark Bergevin is going to be made available to the media this morning at 11.15, and he'll be followed by Dominic Ducharme. And that's all they said. And it immediately was, oh, dear. Oh, what's going on? Mark, Why is Mark speaking? What's happening? Is it his contract? Is it, you know, what's going on? Then, about 10 minutes after that, um, the NHL put out their statement about Carey, and it was suddenly very clear why Mark Bergevin had already scheduled a press conference uh, for for 11.15 in the morning. But before we could even get there, I mean, that this we're talking a 30-minute window here. Before we could even get there, Rick, uh, Carrie's wife, Angela, who is very active on social media, uh, put out a very a beautiful family photograph of, of Carrie with, with all the kids um, and made a statement on Instagram before the Canadians had even had a chance to sit down at the microphone to discuss it uh, and, and talked about uh, the struggles that they're going through, men- mentioned men- mental health for, for him and for her, um, and, and 
be showing up for the family. It was it was a it was kind of a very revealing Instagram post before the Canadians had even had a chance to have a press conference. I didn't um, you know wasn't didn't provide specifics, but but gave the parameters, gave the boundaries. Um, she talked about uh, they're fortunate to have a very public uh, platform. Um, and there, uh, she was using the platform to communicate, and, and I'll quote here, uh, hope we can communicate the importance of putting your mental health first, not just by saying it, but by showing up and doing the work to get better. Carrie's showing up for himself and our family and making the absolute best decision possible for us. Um, and, and goes on to say that, that she is going to also uh, show up and uh, put him and and the kids first. So uh, very much a family post, but she included the uh, the phrase mental health uh, in there, and that uh, it's something that uh, their their family mental health uh, will be uh, better by by Carrie showing up and doing the work. Absolutely, um, it was because of the timing of her of her post it just it meant that of course everyone in the mainstream media everyone in the media all fans they all saw that uh immediately prior to Mark Bergevin sitting down in front of the microphone so um reporters were well equipped with what they were going to start asking Bergevin about um and and I, I thought a, a good question. This was a uh, Stu Cowan asked asked Mark Bergevin, Did had, you know? Did you know about this, or did did it surprise you? And and Mark was very quick in in his reply on this. No, I didn't see it coming. Pardon me. There's something you thought might be coming. Not at all. Uh, like not at all. Uh, and to be upfront with you, news came to me yesterday, so it was uh, yeah, it caught me off guard. Yes. Mark Bergevin completely caught off guard. Uh, Mark uh, said that he met with the players early that morning and uh, advised them of Carey Price's situation. None of them saw it coming. And he said uh, that the players were shook, uh, shaken up uh, by the news. Uh, Dominic Ducharme has reinforced that, saying that it's it's really uh, shaken the core of of the team, uh, that, that this was, uh, something that, that no one, no one expected. Not at all. Um, and, and so, you know, when, when the news first came out in that 15 minute gap before, before the press conference, you know, people were already wondering, oh, has this been kind of brewing? Did they know that this, what things were trending in this direction? Is that why they went and picked up Montembo off of waivers? Uh, no, uh, Bergevin, I think more to what your point was in the first segment, I think that it was obvious that they weren't happy with what they were seeing out of the depth in the goaltending. And so went to get Montembeau off waivers because he, you know, that was kind of a too good to pass up opportunity. Um, And now it's turned out to be uh, very fortunate that they did. Mark Bergevin even, even went as far as to say as much. Um, And he was very definitive in saying, no, this, I found out yesterday and, and he sounded very caught off guard. And he said, um, it's not like, uh, e- even if I did know, uh, I couldn't go out and replace. I, uh, nobody's got a carry price uh, that they're willing to uh, make available. So I, he couldn't have, uh, have solved uh, that situation. And, and, and as you said, it, uh, his uh, actions happened before uh, he was aware of the news. Absolutely. You know, it was, uh, it was, an, it was a... It was a difficult 
press conference to listen to. And you could tell that it was a difficult press conference for Mark Bergevin to get through. Um, this, you know, it's it it becomes very real. You know, the guys that play in this league and particularly when you play at the level of someone like Carey Price, um, they're idolized. They're major celebrities They're They take on almost a, a, a you know, they're just, they're just put up on a pedestal like they can, they, you know, that they're invincible. And so when, when very real things happen to them that can happen to, to you and to me, um, it, it makes it a, a very relatable thing. And you could tell Mark Bergevin was, was struggling a bit. He talked, uh, in French, he talked about, um, I'm talking today, not about Carey Price, the goaltender. I'm talking about Carey Price, the human being. Um, and then in English, he, he towards the end of his presser, he returned to that phrase about um, that these guys are just human beings. They're human beings. So regardless of the, the compensation you get at the end of the year, you, you, have, a, you have a family and that's, that's irrelevant. So uh, he gets all the support and uh, hopefully we'll have him back soon. He, he made the point there that it's not about compensation. It's not uh, the, the money doesn't uh, insulate you from, uh, from issues. Uh, these are, are real people, real human beings with, with real issues. And, uh, and, and, and they are, um, as, as uh, you know, things may be going on that uh, the team and teammates uh, are not aware of. Jeff Petrie mentioned that, uh, he thought uh, he thinks that the the families are pretty close. The kids get together, um, but he said he can't judge a book by its cover. We had no idea uh, that any of this was going on. No, you know, and it's I I appreciated that there was there was a statement. Bergevin talked a lot about how proud he was uh, of Carrie and and frankly before that Joanne for for standing up and saying I need I need help. This is something I'm struggling with. Uh, mentioned proud of them many times, as did Gallagher. Uh, Caden Gooley even mentioned used the word proud today. Um, and Bergevin, I mentioned something. You know, I hope I hope there comes a day where no one no one comes out to say that they need help because this isn't something that that people struggle with anymore. He said, but until then, uh, it's good to know that the NHL is really looking after their players, and we do that. We do that here. Um, this next clip though, I mean, there were parts of, of this interview that got physically uncomfortable to listen to because it got very raw and very real for Mark Bergevin. Uh, you're going to hear in this clip, Eric Engels ask him uh, a pretty poignant question and Bergevin struggle to respond. If you could just describe what Carrie Price, the human means to you and your relationship over the last nine years and how you're dealing with this this news knowing that he's going through something that's it's been yeah i know it's it's hard why did you make us listen to a clip 30 seconds long that's mostly silence uh, is what some of you are asking. And it's because of how difficult it was, because of how emotional it was, of, of Mark Bergevin fighting off tears, of um, 
Paul Wilson jumping in. You could just almost audibly hear him asking, do you have another question, Eric? Um, and um, Eric trying to come up with something. And then Mark Bergevin just saying, it's hard. Um, this Completely is, choked this is, up. Yeah, this is this is really hard. And and we, we saw uh, in the um, in the playoffs, we saw those embraces of uh, Mark Bergevin with his players, but particularly uh, with Carey Price, mm-hmm. how much um, uh, any success that Mark Bergevin has had over his nine years uh, uh, as general manager with the Montreal Canadiens has been delivered by Carey Price. So he knows how important it is uh, to, to, to him, and, and the connection is, is certainly unbreakable. And I think also the key thing, the unspoken thing, is that Mark Bergevin knows what kind of person Carey Price is. And so Mark Bergevin knows that Carey Price would not take this option if it weren't really necessary. Like thing, whatever he is struggling with has reached a point that it is bad enough that he's taking this opportunity to to voluntarily enter the assistance program. This is not something Carey Price would take lightly. It's not something Carey, a guy like Carey Price would do on a whim. Uh, and I think that also completely intensifies the impact on on the relationships that Carey Price has and, and someone like Mark Bergevin understanding that things must be, how serious things must be for Carey to, to take this route. Brandon Gallagher certainly understands it. Brandon Gallagher uh, had a very poignant press conference uh, the following day, or actually that night after, after their preseason game, uh, and spent uh, a good deal of time talking about Carey Price, talking about who, what Carey means to Brendan Gallagher. Um, and and one of the interesting parts of it was, you know, talking about who Price is and that, you know, he's, he's, he's a private guy in front of the cameras, but he's also, you know, even with his best friends in that locker room can be a pretty private guy. And, and Brendan Gallagher m- mentioning here that he is struggling with, understanding that he didn't realize that his friend was in need um you know there are a lot of emotions first of all you're you're kind of surprised uh and it's weird to say a little bit disappointed because because you're surprised um you know i consider him a very good friend i've known him for for 10 plus years uh, and anytime i've been going through something he's been there to help me and i just kind of wish you were or we were able to or myself was able to do the same thing for him um, you know, it was something that a lot of people just weren't aware with, aware of, uh, and that's you know you're a little bit disappointed that you weren't able to, to understand what he was going through and try to help him. But uh, proud of him for making the decision that he made. Carey Price is the rock. He's the mm-hmm. one that is there, the stabilizing force for the team, uh, the stabilizing force when anyone is going through anything. Um, so uh, Brandon Gallagher being very honest that uh, he's kind of disappointed that that he wasn't able to do the same thing for Kerry when in need. Absolutely. He also went on to say that he doesn't think that this is something that just came up uh, recently. Uh, talked at length of of a little bit of conjecture on on what he believes uh, is is leading up to this. I think this was probably. Um many many things and it built up it wasn't something that just happened i think it's it's probably been something that's building and building and uh you know being the goaltender in montreal 
this market isn't easy. It comes with a lot of a lot of um, you know perks as well, of course. Uh, but doing what we do, you know, you, you, nobody really understands what you're going through except your teammates and and the coaching staff in that locker room. And I think those are the people that you you need to lean on. Um, so it, it it probably was is a long time coming. It's definitely not an easy position, and I don't think anyone was was fit to handle it better than Pricey. Uh, but right now he needs he needs our support. Uh, he's getting the help that he needs, and um, I'm really proud of him for that for making that decision. So um, you know, there's there's lots of speculation about uh, how this all came together. But uh, Brendan Gallagher said, you know, maybe it's not just one thing. Maybe there this is. Uh, a number of things uh, that that just built up to the point uh, where he needs to take some time away from the game. Absolutely, um, you know, and you can hear you can hear in Gallagher's voice that it's it's difficult for him to talk about it as well. You can hear that he's proud of of his friend, but you can you can hear that you know it's it's not easy to watch someone who is, as you say, the rock in that dressing room. Um, kind of show that there's been a lot building up under the surface as well. Um, he's very proud when he talks about Carrie Price. You can hear that. Uh, and he went on to describe how it's quite obvious what a force Carrie Price is around the entire lock, uh, the entire hockey community, not just the guys that he's known for years. You know, it's kind of weird. Uh, anytime we trade for a guy or there's a new guy in his locker room, you can just see the amount of respect. Um, you know, you look at him as, as kind of this this Superman, and and it's really unfair uh, to put that on him, uh, just because he's a good hockey player. But he does so many things right. He handled every situation he's he's dealt with in this city, uh, from the outside noise uh, and and the performances that he's been able to put on the ice, considering what he's been going through. Um, you know, he. <laughs> You know, you, you appreciate it just that much more. So that's I, I thought that was an interesting point that new guys, when they come into the locker room, they kind of look over in awe at Carey Price yeah. and say, wow, there's 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 a, a legend. Um, uh, there's a world class goaltender There's one of the greatest goaltenders that ever's played the game sitting over there um, and and called him a Superman, a mm -hmm. superhero. And, and that can be a tough mantle to wear at times. It can be. Um, Gallagher, we have one more clip for Gallagher. And I thought this was a very poignant uh, moment in Gallagher's press conference, where he really uh, is able to put into words what Carey Price means to the hockey world, but also beyond that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I touched on uh, just how big of a role model he is for, for so many people, young hockey players, uh, young fans, the Indigenous community, um, you know, and, and that extends to, to Montreal Canadian players that have come through our locker room. He's, uh, he's a role model in that sense, and I'm sure it extends uh, throughout the league. When you look at him, um, you know, anytime they do those player polls, you see the amount of respect that he has from around the league and, and what he what he's accomplished on the ice, um, but off the ice, what he's meant for this community here in Montreal as well. Um, you know, he, he's a special person. He's a special friend. Uh, he's, he's doing the right thing, and he's going to come back a better man. A role model for many. Uh, certainly his involvement with the Breakfast Club um, mm -hmm. uh, program. Um, there's, there's all, and, and talked about the, the being a young, uh, a role model for young um, uh, hockey fans and, 
Uh, Stu Cowan has an article out about um, Anderson Whitehead. And we remember yeah. a couple of years ago, uh, Anderson had just lost his mom, uh, but his family found a way to get him to a Canadian's game. And, and uh, in the, the pregame skate, Carey Price had a, a, a moment with uh, Anderson Whitehead that, that, that went viral. Very touching mm-hmm. uh, uh, video. Uh, he was then brought to the NHL awards, uh, and amazing. again, uh, and Anderson Whitehead attended, uh, one of the, the Canadians, uh, uh, playoff games, um, last, uh, last year, uh, Anderson Whitehead now, uh, uh, just started high school and, uh, and there was an exchange before the season between the two Carey Price. He isn't just the guy that uh, is there and signs an autograph. He's he's made a difference in a lot of these uh, these young kids' lives. Absolutely, he has. Um, and and we're even gonna hear from someone in a minute who talks about uh, what an impact Carey Price has on young fans, and even what Carey Price's decision to to take care of himself will also do in a positive manner to impact those young fans as well. Really, you know, not only in the dressing room and within the organization for the Canadians, but the outpouring of support from around the hockey community was widely felt uh, on Thursday and and continuing on Friday. Uh, a number of guys came out to talk about it, whether they've played with Carey Price or not. Uh, John Tavares was one of them who uh, had had some things to say uh, about a guy who, um, you know, for, despite his, John leaving uh, the the postseason early uh, last season, uh, you know, they they faced off in the playoffs and 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 John Tavares had some really nice words to say about Carey Price. Yeah, we were talking about it amongst uh, each other in the room and hearing the news. I think we all feel for him and his family and wish him nothing but the best uh, as much as we compete. Um, there's many ways we can all relate to uh, the struggles at times and the difficulties, uh, you know, life and, and the game uh, and the ups and downs you face as a human being. And um, I've had the great opportunity to play with him a couple times and such a great person, obviously uh, uh, world-class netminder and uh, we wish him nothing but the best and hopefully uh, uh, first and foremost, uh, uh, continue to make strides for himself and, and, and hopefully to see him back on the ice. This is a story that went well beyond the Montreal Canadiens and, and, and Quebec. It went uh, throughout the hockey uh, world and it was being discussed in uh, dressing rooms and, and uh, uh, really had, uh, had an impact. And you hear in John Tavares's voice, um, you know, he said he's played with him uh, a couple of times uh, internationally, but, but Kerry Price is the reason, uh, almost the sole reason why the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, didn't continue on their, their playoff path. And, and yet John Tavares has such a deep respect for, uh, what Kerry Price brings to to uh, the hockey community uh, that that he you know uh, he he was touched by the by the news. It even extends farther than that to to players and coaches who haven't even worked with Kerry Price. It's just that there is so much respect for what Kerry Price does on the ice, who he is as a person what kind of role model he is for uh, players throughout the league, player in uh, in lesser leagues, players uh, who are young children, uh, just what a role model he is. And Paul Maurice, head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, was asked about uh, 
his stance on what's going on uh, with Carrie Price and his news. And despite not having ever worked with Carrie Price, he had some really significant things to say. I'm almost always happy to hear that for a couple of reasons. And one is whatever challenge, and I'm not speaking specific to Carrie Price, because I've had players that went, went into the program. And I mean, those are real challenges. It has nothing to do with your bank account. They're real challenges, and the day they go in is the first chance to get help, and that's just a really, really good thing. And then, if we do this right, as a society, I believe, the kid that's got the Carey Price jersey who's 12 isn't going to look at Carey Price like it's, it's a ba- he's a bad guy. It's that he's a courageous guy, and that for himself and his family went and got help. So that's our responsibility now. That, that Carey Price is looked at as, as a courageous leader. He's got a challenge that he's dealing with, and, and, and because of what he does for a living, it's public. So that maybe the kid with the Carey Price jersey, we still want him wearing it the next day, right? That's, that's the goal. So that it's not bad and it's not a stigma. I'm happy he's getting help. I'm sorry that he needed it, but I'm really happy that he's getting help. Really smart, really mm-hmm. insightful. Um, Paul Maurice is is one of the brightest coaches, has a a lot of experience uh, in hockey and really framed it nicely uh, about, um, you know, he he wasn't, uh, he didn't have any of the details when he spoke uh, about the situation, but talked about how how things are supposed to work. Um, He didn't even know about, you know, Anderson Whitehead, but, but obviously... Um, he described exactly um, how it's supposed to work. That Anderson Whitehead, this doesn't affect his opinion of Carey Price. Uh, in fact, he sees Carey Price as as courageous. And and uh, Anderson Whitehead's family said, "Okay, now it's your turn uh, to send supportive messages, send a supportive text uh, to Carey Price." So this uh, th- this was this was. Um, as, as we said, the hockey community coming together, but uh, really smart by Paul Maurice. Absolutely. He, he's, he has such a way with words. Uh, it's fascinating to listen to almost any one of Paul Maurice's press conferences, even if it's something, you know, relatively dull that he's discussing. He just has such a way of speaking that it's, it's very fascinating to listen to him. And I thought he was, he was spot on with his comments there. Um, and, and we know you don't like Paul Maurice because he's the coach of the Winnipeg Jets and the Canadians met them in the playoffs. And we know you don't like John Traveris. And Austin Matthews said uh, same thing. We're rooting for Carey Price. We wish him the best. He's an amazing goalie. He's great for the game of hockey. We know you don't like Austin Matthews, but listen, just put that aside for a second and listen to what these people in hockey, uh, f- you know, competitive as as everybody is, mm-hmm. uh, is setting down and saying about the person because uh, it's. I think it's really important. Well, that's that's what something like this happens, and it's, um, you know, the, the the boundaries of of fandom or or who of rivalries kind of fall for a moment, and and everyone's on the same playing field as just being people supporting people, uh, and and 
really the outpouring of support has been tremendous. Uh, you know, there's been some other interesting comments uh, coming out from people who've who've been in touch with Price. Of course, Stefan Waite uh, has had a very close relationship with Carrie Price throughout the years. And despite the fact that Stefan Waite is no longer employed by the Montreal Canadiens does not mean that he's not right there in Carey Price's corner to try to help him along with this, Rick. And, and Wade came out this week, uh, at the end of the week, mentioning that that he's already exchanged some text messages with Carey. Well, what we appreciate about uh, Stefan Wade is he's always honest, always direct, and will tell it like it is. And he knew, he saw uh, the rumor mill starting to get churned up as soon as this news came up. He said, I've texted with uh, Carey, and he said definitively, I can tell you this. Uh, this situation has nothing to do with drugs, alcohol, gambling, or drug addiction. He's a guy who pays attention to his body at all times. Um, and and he, then he went and stepped a little bit further and said, um, I don't know, maybe it's a, an, uh, an excess of pressure that he puts on himself. It, it's, it's mental. He keeps everything to himself, and that burden gets heavy at times. He's a perfectionist and never satisfied. Um, he's, he's frustrated when he has, uh, uh, rehabilitation that gets, that gets difficult mentally. Uh, Carrie Price found it difficult to get so close to his goal, so close to his dream of the Stanley cup. Um, and, and then wasn't able to, to reach that final goal and uh, felt that he, he needed to do more, that he should have done more. And of course, um, that's that's kind of silly because Carey Price did everything to carry his team uh, almost single-handedly <laughs> there wasn't any to the more Stanley Cup final. Yeah, there wasn't any more for him to give. Um, you know, talking about that and, and the enormity of what that was going through that, being the one that was depended on to, to really get them as far as they did, uh, what it takes just for anyone and any team and any player to go through that grind in the playoffs and get all the way to the final, whether you win or whether you lose, um, is something that takes a big toll on players. And in this year, particularly, the offseason was exceptionally short to try to recover from that. Um, and it kind of begs the question of is, you know, how much of a challenge is that for players who make it to the final uh, to to bounce back, whether you, they won the cup or not, physically there's a lot of um, recovery and rehabbing that has to take place from going that deep into the season. And then there's the big mental aspect as well. And Rick, you pointed out that J.S. Uh, Jaguar came out with some really interesting, um, I, I don't want to say correlations, but just an example of his own that the guys that we think are the, you know, as Brendan Gallagher said, the supermen in these kind of deep Stanley Cup playoff runs, uh, they are human. And sometimes it takes everything that they have to get that far, which means it's going to take them a little longer to bounce back from it. The, uh, to be clear, J.S. Jaguar said he has no, he has no knowledge. Uh, he's just speaking uh, about people that that he knew, and in uh, the the 2007 uh, Stanley Cup victory uh, by the Anaheim Ducks, uh, afterwards um, he said after winning the the Stanley Cup in 2007, uh, two guys who were were crucial to that win, Tamo Solani and Scott Niedermeyer, did not show up at training camp. Um, as the season went on, Scott Niedermeyer played 48 games. Tamo played 26 
games that following season. They were completely burnt out. They weren't injured. Uh, they just needed to to spend more time with their families and their children. Um, he said it was tough on, on the organization, but you have to understand uh, how much they had given to get to that point, uh, how much it took out of them. And we understand that, that uh, again, uh, Carey Price, um, he was, no one expected an 18th place team uh, out of the playoffs in a, in a normal year, but mm-hmm. the 18th place team to get to the Stanley Cup final. And it was because of St- Carey Price. Uh, he gave that, he gave everything he had uh, to uh, get them as far as he could. Then he gave to the organization again, uh, Mark Bergevin wasn't able to protect Jake Allen, wasn't able to uh, uh, complete a trade. Carey Price stepped in and protected uh, Jake Allen in the expansion draft. Carey Price had the knee surgery. Whether it's uh, it's uh, the rehab is going uh, on schedule or or a little bit uh, delayed, uh, there's a frustration there. And and um, uh, Stefan Waite spoke about that. Um, and, uh, there's the whole, uh, which you mentioned the whole aspect of the pandemic, not only Carrie, but all the, the, the players having to be away from families, be away from, uh, very young children. And, uh, the whole thing, as Brandon Gallagher said, uh, there, a lot of, a lot of components may have led to this decision. Absolutely. Uh, you know, listen, the bottom line is that we, all are behind Carey Price right now. Whatever it is that he's battling, whatever he's struggling with, um, everyone wants to see him come out of this uh, feeling good and feeling confident again and feeling ready to take on the day uh, and and ready to come back to hockey. So uh, I think on behalf of everyone here at Rocket Sports, we wish Carey Price, Angela Price, the kids, the whole family, nothing but... Uh, Good things, uh, positive, positive, you know, thoughts, positive energy, and uh, we know that he's got a strong support system around him, and and hopefully, uh, he's able to to find peace, find the healing that he needs, and be back in that locker room before we know it. For sure. Uh, all right. Well, we are going to uh, take one more break, uh, our final break here on the Canadians Connection for this week. Up next, uh, we're going to let you have your say. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what has been happening around all of the Rocket Sports media publications this week, uh, things you may have missed that we want to be sure that you don't miss. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Carey Price uh, and and his performance in that playoff run uh, in reference to uh, the Maple Leafs All or Nothing series that's been on Amazon Prime uh, and a few other things. So stay with us. You don't want to miss any of that. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. 
Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 158 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Don't forget, you can follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, if you've got something to say, those are great places for you to leave a comment. Or you can text us on our text line 24-7. The Rocket Sports text line is 5853-ROCKET. Again, that's 5853-ROCKET. Drop us a text if you've got something to say. If you've got a question, a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. Uh, in this segment, of course, we just want to Make sure you're caught up on all of the latest things here uh, going on here at Rocket Sports Media, first and foremost. Uh, don't forget to log on to allhabs.net and make sure that you haven't missed this week's edition of Chris G's Habs Notepad or any of the Habs headlines posts that came out uh, each weekday uh, this week, which is the best way to get your daily dose of Habs news and the latest headlines. Um Check out the YouTube account. If you go to youtube.com slash allhabs, first of all, make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the notification bell so that you get notified anytime that we post a new video. And then while you're there, check out Ben Danku's latest edition of the Habs Fan Forum video series. Uh, in this one, Ben gives you his reaction to the preseason games played by the Montreal Canadiens and, and what he thinks that means for the regular season puck drop. So it's a great episode. Be sure you check that out. Uh, as we mentioned in the previous section, of course, head over to thepresszone.fm, our sister podcast host, hosted by Rick and myself. Uh, make sure you're subscribed there. And Mike Raschel continues his series of the NHL 2021-22 season preview. Uh, he's going division by division, uh, both uh, himself and a compilation of writers uh, that he's he's gotten together to preview every team in the league by division. Uh, most recently today, the Metropolitan Division version came out. Uh, I may have had a contribution in that one, so I will 
certainly be giving it an extra plug. <laughs> Shameless self-promotion. Uh, but it's a great series, uh, Rick, just breaking down uh, the key additions and, and and losses on the roster for each team and and basically how the how each team is shaking up for this season ahead. Now, you may not have followed all the, the ins and outs of, of uh, every other team in the league. Uh, this is an easy way to get caught up before the season begins uh, this week. Um, three of those previews are out. Uh, one more to come tomorrow. That's a central division, but uh, go to allhabs.net and uh, and take a look through through each. Um, and if you have something to say, uh, go to facebook.com and you're a Facebook user. Go to facebook.com slash allhabs um, and make sure you like that page, facebook.com slash all Habs, like the page. We're a couple of, of likes away. You can bring us to the 50,000 fan uh, mark. That's a lot of people who uh, contribute. And certainly uh, there are posts there about Carey Price and and there's been an outpouring uh, people expressing their feelings uh, about Carey and the situation uh, that he and his family are in. So if you wanted to uh, 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 place a nice note there, uh, that's the place to do it. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you there. Um, We'd also love to hear your thoughts on whether or not you watched on Amazon Prime, just came out last Friday on October 1st, uh, the latest all or nothing uh, part of their series. This one was focused on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the season they had last year all the way to their first round exit, courtesy of the Montreal Canadiens. Rick, I actually, you know, I know it's it's the Leafs. So there's a lot of Habs fans that are going to say, I don't want to watch that. It's the Maple Leafs. It's I, I don't care. They're, they're stupid. It's the Leafs. Um, for me, I would sign me up for one of these series on all 32 teams in the league because it's a fascinating look at how actual hockey operations works. Uh, you know, things that coaches and GMs and players go through with interpersonal conversations and relationships and formulating a team and what you do with injuries. And it's a really, really crystal clear behind the scenes look at how a professional NHL hockey team works. And I think it's from a hockey standpoint, just being a fan of the game. Um, I thought the production value was very good and I thought it was a fascinating series. It was excellent. Um, must watch for hockey fans. And yes, it is the least, but, um, but watch it as, as a hockey fan. As you said, the, the inner workings, uh, things like cap juggling, how that's, and the Montreal Canadiens certainly uh, had their, their share of that. The, the dynamics between players and their families and, and how they, they coped during the, the separation. Um, you know, the, 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 the way jobs are divided up between the coach and the GM. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, they're in, in episode five, there is the first round of the playoffs and, and, but you need all the, you need all the lead up to that because you, you see how important, uh, this was to the Toronto Maple Leafs organization getting through the the first round of the playoffs, uh, getting the, the, the three to one lead. Um, and then it was Carey Price. It was Carey Price. Yeah. And there is no denying, um, you know, I, I know there's fans of Phil Deneau out there, uh, but that, 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 was, uh, that myth was 
put to uh, put to, to bed by uh, Dom Lecician, the, the analytics that he did um, saying that uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs got their chance. It wasn't it wasn't the Toronto Maple Leafs getting shut down by uh, the Montreal Skaters. No. It was they they got shut down by Carey Price, and we heard uh, that uh, Austin Matthews at the end once the series was over said. Listen, uh, we had no shortage of chances. That's right. Uh, and saying that doesn't, you know, it, there's only one. There's only one person that stood in their way. That was Carey Price, and best example is, of that was the overtime uh, game six, where uh, shots in that overtime, thirteen uh, to one, and that second shot was the one that ended it and won it for uh, the Montreal Canadiens. So um, celebrate. Carey Price, celebrate your Montreal Canadiens uh, by watching a series about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And please, let's do this for the other 31 teams in the league, because I would be fascinated to watch, uh, as you call it, the inner workings of every single team around the league. It was a a great watch. Um, Speaking of things to watch, regular season games Mm -hmm. this week. It's here. Yep. Wednesday night. Opening night, uh, Montreal, uh, oh, gee, opens up in Toronto. <laughs> it's a great, so maybe you should watch that. Get tuned up for Wednesday night. Uh, the, the Habs will take on the Leafs opening night in uh, in Toronto home territory before then uh, the following night, traveling <gasps> to the U.S. They're going to play the Buffalo Sabres. Now that's something new. <laughs> we haven't seen that in a while. Um, and uh, yeah, so so Toronto and Buffalo this week on the 13th and 14th. A back-to-back to start. Yeah, why not? Uh-huh. Let's get right in there. Come on now. <laughs> and then uh, you know what else you have to look forward to? Another episode of the... Well, actually, before we get there, I should say, make sure you're following at All Habs on Twitter and Facebook and bookmark allhabs.net. Rick will have uh, live game updates throughout the games, comprehensive game previews uh, uh, that Rick does in in kind of in concert with uh, Sam and Cole. Sam and Cole. Uh, and, yeah, we and get then, together and do the previews. That's right. Full game recaps. You don't want to miss any of that. And then on Saturday, uh, you've got another great episode of the Canadians Connection. Chris G is going to be back in this chair. Welcome back. That's right. Uh, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a full week. Let me tell you, and very over, busy. You don't want to miss it. Not at all. And over the AHL report, we'll have the uh, the season kickoff of the regular season for the Laval Rocket as well. So busy team here at Rocket Sports. Uh, want to wish you, Rick, and the rest of our listeners a very very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for being here. Happy Thanksgiving uh, to you as well. Thank you very much. It's always great to come in and sit uh, in this chair and talk about the Habs. And uh, we wish all of you a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving. And we will see you back here again next Saturday for another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.